Hey everybody, Tim here with another episode of Boozy Bracketology, and I want to know whatever happened to predictability. The Fresh Prince, The Wonder Years, Boy Meets World Over the Nanny. That's right, we're talking 90s sitcoms today, and this bracket has already been anything but predictable, and we are only through the first episode. Uh, today we are heading to the right side in our bracket of of our bracket in the round of 32, let's meet the group of degenerates who will probably send your favorite show home. First off, from Fort Worth, Texas, let's meet Steven. Steven, how you doing? What you drinking? Well, as we ended the last episode deleting my one of my favorite shows, not my favorite, one of my favorite shows, I'm going straight to the hard stuff. The good old Mountain Dew. I'm going to be caffeinated tonight, so watch your asses. Steven, are you saying you're having full sugar Mountain Dew, or is this Mountain Dew zero sugar? No, this is not my suicidal recording. I am staying away from the sugars that an insulin junkie like me uh, cannot process. All right. Well, our second one, the second person in Clearwater, Florida, it's Chris. Chris, same two questions to you. Tim, I am doing well, my friend. I am doing well. Uh no, another uh, another day, another dollar, right? Uh, I am drinking a drink that I've made for my wife a couple of times. I've never actually had it, and I figured tonight is a night to have it. This is called a peanut butter cup. It is equal parts chocolate liqueur and peanut butter whiskey served chilled over ice. That sounds delicious. Oh, that's dangerous. Oh, hell yeah, let's get into this. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Well, next we're heading out to Huntsville, Alabama, where Nikki awaits. Nikki, how are you doing, and what are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good over here. Just uh, I'm using my new Bartesian again, and I'm having another espresso martini for a couple reasons. I mean, because it just it tastes good and it looks pretty, and also I have two little kids and I'm tired, so espresso <laughs> sounded delicious. And then I also have some party size garlic parmesan pretzel chips, so I will try not to crunch because they're like crack and addicting. Well, to quote one of my favorite podcasts, Bartesian, not a sponsor, could be. <laughs> Heading out to Muscatine, Iowa, we've got Brian. Brian, how you doing today, buddy? I am doing pretty damn good. And tonight, I, I do not have the peanut butter whiskey on hand tonight. Well, I mean, I got, I still got some, but I, I decided to go with my uh, my favorite local brewery, uh, Nerd Speak Brewery in in uh, Bettendorf, Iowa, which is also where I host trivia Friday nights. <laughs> but uh, we're going with their Heisenberg Hefeweizen. Uh, this stuff is some really fine stuff. It's a 6.3%, and that is a nice crack right there. It's a good sound. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And you are nothing if not on brand with the nerd, uh, the nerd beer. <laughs> uh, it's a match made in heaven. And finally, we have Scott in Westport, Connecticut. How are you doing this fine evening, Scott? I am doing well. It's good to be back and see everybody. Uh, and uh, like I said, I'm usually a teetotaler, but I'm sticking with my Imperial Stout, which has been actually very delicious. But I have to say, as a non-drinker, Chris's drink 
actually tempted me that I may try that, Chris, because that sounds too many flavors all mixed together that I would probably really dig. So uh, um, uh, tell me all about it when we're off the air, and I will uh, and, and I'll see what I can do the next time. Uh, totally. It's good. I'm not lying. It's really good. Yeah. And I can up on uh, uh, the 6.3%. Mine's actually 7%. So, mm. <laughs> so oh, this is a percent solution comp- over here. <laughs> so the if, going I, for competition. if I start speaking in tongues, you'll know why. Here at the Pub Trivia Experience, we make even the biggest teetotalers drink. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, if you start drinking in parcel tongue, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But we are going to get started here tonight, and our order tonight will be Stephen, Chris, Nikki, Brian, and Scott, and we're going to get things started with the play-in game for the 16 seed. We have Saved by the Bell versus Sports Night. Stephen, kick us off. So uh, I was half-tempted to go back and, like, seriously do a deep, deep dive watching every single moment of Sports Night so I could determine if, in fact, they ever told a single joke on that entire goddamn show. Because from what little I saw of it, it was one of the worst, most boring comedies that ever existed. I I hate it with a fiery passion of a thousand burning suns. Saved by the Bell easily gets my vote. And Saved by the Bell picks up its first vote, Chris, what say you? Do you know what the best thing about Sports Night is? Is that it eventually led to the West Wing. Also, it's good for trivia because they ditched the, they ditched the, the laugh track after season one. And Steven's right. That's about it. It's not a funny show. Uh, my wife loves it, so I'm going to get some shit for this later. Love you, babe. I'm sorry. Um, Saved by the Bell has a lot of problems. <laughs> Uh, but it has a very special place in my heart because that was what I would watch when I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12. That's what I thought high school was like. Boy, was I wrong. But Saved by the Bell is a better show. Saved by the Bell gets my vote. Saved by the Bell jumps out to an early 2 nothing lead. Let's hear from Nikki. Yeah, I mean, we had some debate about whether Saved by the Bell is truly like a 90s sitcom or is it more like just a teenage, you know, daytime TV show. Cause I don't think it aired at night. Um, but I don't, I don't know much about sports night, to be honest. I love the cast, but I watched a little bit of it and I completely agree with Steven. I didn't find it funny at all. So my vote has to go with say by the bell. Cause you know, I get a kick out of some of those characters sometimes. So say by the bell. Well, Saved by the Bell is definitely moving on, but we still value the opinion of Brian. Brian, what what do you got to say? Um, well, not really a whole lot, actually, because until this bracket, I didn't even know that Sports Night was a thing. Um, so I'm a little old for the Saved by the Bell mania. Uh, when I was... Around that age, Chris, I was watching Happy Days thinking that's how high school was. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <clears throat> but uh, for the just for the cultural impact, uh, Saved by the Bell is an easy choice here. And Scott, do we have a sweet? 
Well, you know, I have to echo Brian because I'm, we're probably in a very similar generation in that uh, I also watched Happy Days and thought, wow, that's what high school is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, and I agree with Chris. I mean, it's all kind of been said. I mean, Sports Night really led us to West Wing and concepts. Some of the lines on Sports Night were reused on the West Wing and situations and everything. So, and certainly actors. Um, and and but you know, it's funny. Try as I might, as much as I enjoy Aaron Sorkin and the West Wing and everything, I I personally could never get into Sports Night as much as I tried. Uh, I kept wanting to like it more than it needed to be liked. Um, that being said, I'm the one who kind of brought up the thing that Saved by the Bell really was a Saturday morning kids program and not to me a sitcom as much, but in effect that it's what it is um, and it's it, it can be funny sometimes and they went to Hawaii, so why not? So uh, let's give Saved by the Bell a full sweep. And Saved by the Bell sweeps its way into the full first round where it is going to meet the number one seed of Married with Children. We'll see if it can survive this gauntlet. We're starting off with Chris. Words can't describe how apathetic I am towards Married with Children. I have no strong ties to that show. It was not my cup of tea. Um, The Al Bundy character is not a character I ever kind of gravitated to, although I 100% gravitated towards Christine Applegate because... Yeah, who wouldn't? Uh, But with that being said, Saved by the Bell got here, not on a technicality, because it is 100% a sitcom. Just because it didn't have a primetime slot, it was still a sitcom, and you can't really have this bracket, I don't think, without it. Although one would argue, Tim would argue, that there's another show that should have been on here. Um, I still have to give it to Married with Children, just because of the longevity and and the the cultural impact that it had. Um, I don't like it. I won't go out of my way to watch it. Um, but that being said, I don't go out of my way. Watch, watch it by the bell now. It's too cringeworthy. So, Married with Children. Married with Children out to a one nothing lead. Let's hear from Nikki. Is it Married with Children or Saved by the Bell? Yeah, you know, I mean, I like Saved by the Bell as far as, like, when I grew up, I remember watching the episodes a lot. Um, so, I mean, I kind of grew up with those characters, so I have a little nostalgia to Saved by the Bell personally. Um, Married with Children, I watched more later, I think, like as I was a little bit older, like more like in reruns, um, more than I actually watched it during primetime or when it aired. But um, I I like Married with Children. It's kind of like the anti-Cosby show. Like Cosby's very like the family's trying to be perfect. And then you have Married with Children and he's like a total hack. Um, And it's just everything is a bit of a disaster. So I'm going to go with Married with Children. I think it's overall more that good 90s sitcom versus Saved by the Bell, but um, I'm glad Saved by the Bell was on here, but I think Married with Children deserves to go through. All right. Well, Married with Children is on the verge of breaking into the second round. We want to hear from Brian. Brian, what do you got to say here? I got to say... Hug! <laughs> um, four, four touchdowns in a single game, people. I mean, you don't see that every day. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the hero of Polk High School, <laughs> the great and powerful Al Bundy. Um, I absolutely love Married with Children. Um, I have a lot more to say about it, but I think I'll be able to say that later on. So Saved by the Bell, it was good. 
it does not hold up and it deserved to be in the bracket, but it also deserves to get flushed at this point. So absolutely married with children, 100%. And married with children picks up that important third vote. Scott, where is your vote going? Um, yeah, you know, Married with Children is uh, was groundbreaking in its in its day, and it also was on a network that was brand new at the time, um, and that was a that was a big deal. There were, and you know, certainly Brian and I remember you, you grew up. There were three networks. That was it, and um, this was a whole new ball game. That there would be shows that would kind of be a little more daring and a little more out there and married with children was certainly the vanguard of that and uh uh you know didn't shy away from controversy the other thing i think and i'll talk about this with another show that's in this uh side of the the bracket it 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 was a show like roseanne that focused on not the like you said the cosby you know not this rich family that had could go to hawaii on trips with mike brady you know these were these were people who were struggling and uh swore with their children and were you know it was the household i grew up (laughs) you know it was a it was a lower middle class um fight to uh you know uh, be uh heard and uh so i think it's important in in that sense and as you heard as you just in that entire thing i never even mentioned the other show in this bracket so i'm gonna go with uh married with children happily and Married with Children is on the verge of a sweep. Do we have that, Stephen? So, being a show that doesn't have a primetime slot does not make you not a sitcom. Uh, but there's a reason why Saved by the Bell did not get a primetime slip uh, time slot. It's because it was not a show designed for audiences of our current age. It's a show designed for middle schoolers getting ready for high school. And I think that it probably still really works for that. But I am not a middle schooler getting ready for high school. I cannot rewatch a single episode of Saved by the Bell. Uh, Mary with Children is not my favorite show, but it is evidently more rewatchable than Saved by the Bell. So Mary with Children gets the vote. And Married with Children sweeps its way easily into the second round. We are continuing on with our second uh, our second, our eight to nine matchup: the eight seed of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air against the nine seed of Spin City. We are kicking this one off with Nikki. Nikki, what you got? Good. I'm sorry, I had to hide the pretzels because I was literally going to eat the whole bag. All right. Um. So Fresh Prince versus Spin City. This matchup kind of makes me mad. <laughs> I don't like it just because I think Spin City was such a great show. Um. I don't know. When I think of Spin City, though, I think you have to kind of consider it two different shows. Um, You have like the Spin City with Michael J. Fox, and then you have like the later season um, with Charlie Sheen. But I mean, the original with Deputy Mayor Mike Flaherty, it was like it was just such a good show, in my opinion. Um, Also, I'm sorry, Alan Runk as well, who has been one of my favorites since Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I loved him in that show. Um I know, but I just kind of lost interest in it after that last season when Charlie Sheen took over. Um, but I think it was a really great show. When I'm thinking of 90s, I think of Fresh Prince. It was very, very 90s. Um, the outfits, the slang, like, it was just a really, like, it was just a hip show. I honestly don't remember, like, all the distinct storylines in the show. The Some of the episodes kind of glazed together for me, but... 
you can't forget that it was Boozy's best TV theme song, too. So I thought the uh, music was great. So I think um, all the 90s kids everywhere would know every lyric to that song, if even if they've never seen the show. So I just think it's quintessential, like, 90s sitcom. So for me, I have to go with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but even though I really did love uh, Spin City. So Fresh Prince. And Nikki with a callback to the one time that Boozy did get it right. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air picking up a vote. Let's head over to Brian. So I legitimately, I, I don't know which of these to pick. I mean, Fresh Prince is absolutely iconic 90s. I mean... Everybody knows you move them with your uncle, aunt, and uncle out in Bel Air. But Michael J. Fox, Alan Ruck, that, that just that Spin City was also just brilliant stuff. Um, I have not watched either of them recently to see if they're see how well they hold up, but. I know currently one of these stars is kind of on the down swing for very good reasons, but I, I don't think I can, I, I don't think I can, I, I, I don't want to factor that into this decision. And only for, mm, this is tough. I, I'm going to go Fresh Prince, just barely. And Fresh Prince picking up a very labored second vote. <laughs> Scott, will Fresh Prince uh, move on? Well, we'll see. Um, Spin City is, uh, I, I agree with Nikki. It was, you know, Michael J. Fox, and it was wonderful. And it's certainly, it's the time when, of course, his diagnosis became more prevalent. And instead of shying away from everything, he, he made it into the most important cause and 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 really helps so many people and it, that that alone is kind of something that's amazing of of turning what happened to him into something amazing um and also you know uh, spin city is people don't really remember but michael boatman who was on it uh, he played the first uh, really gay black character on television who was not there to be the sassy gay friend he he was just he the, his his sexuality really had little to do with the character it was just a factor of him just like if someone were married and, and straight so um, um and that was important you know to be seen that way and and to have that represented so uh again it's a great show uh i agree with charlie sheen you know it, it kind of went downhill and so that's his problem um on the other hand, as everyone said, that you know, Fresh Prince is so iconic of the time, and I agree. It, it, you totally separate what's happening now with Will Smith from then, because it's really—I don't think it has much to do with it. But uh, as the show, and uh, you know, who can forget the Carlton, and you know, all these things that became really uh, things. I can't think of anything from Spin City that became so iconic, <laughs> you know, uh, as those things. Um, and as much as I really love Spin City, I I, I think it's uh, you know. Uh, I, you know, I just recently watched a couple of Fresh Prince episodes and it wasn't my favorite show when it was on. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see it. Uh, but it, it's it, it made me laugh. It was funny and uh, good cast. 
there's some Broadway actors mixed in there too, you know, who, who, uh, so that's always good for me, uh, you know, to create a balanced cast. And um, so uh, again, with full props to Spin City as being a really wonderful show, really out of its time, out of the Clinton era, out of, you know, smart campaign people and all that, really helping a kind of a, a, a candidate who might not be as wonderful as they want him to be. Uh, that's brilliant and also part of the 90s. But all that being said, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the French Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And Fresh Prince is moving on, but we still want to hear Stephen's opinion. Stephen, what you got? Well, we got, what, three picks in before he started making the wrong decisions on this episode? Ugh. Okay, I, I get it. The The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is more iconic because it had a really, really bitchin' theme song and five really, really good jokes that they told at least once every other episode because those were the only five jokes they had. Carlton Dance is funny. Uh, uh, Will's friend gets thrown out of the house. Vivian's secretly a crazy lady that has to be replaced halfway through the run. That, that, that's all it's got. Spin City is a hilarious, well-written show that is a million times better to watch than Fresh Princess Bel-Air. In any given random episode, you're going to get more laughs out of Spin City. This is fucking ridiculous. Let's pull our heads out of our asses and regroup, people. Well, a very passionate first vote for uh, Spin City and what is going to result in the first not sweep of the of the evening. But, Chris, we still want to hear what you got to say. Uh, Steven is right. I think Spin City is perhaps the best four seasons of sitcom television the 90s ever put together. The problem is that Spin City ran for six seasons. Now, Michael J. Fox having to leave the show was terrible. I admit that. That that was a terrible thing to happen. What, what I can't excuse, what I flat out can't excuse, is why you would replace Connie Britton, Alexander Chaplin, and Victoria Dillard. That is going to be Nikki, James, and Janelle. And they're just gone when Michael J. Fox leaves the show. You gut the supporting cast like fish, and you bring in Heather Locklear, who is literally acting like a dead fish the entire the entire series, seasons five, season six. That it's bad. It's flat out bad. On top of that, I want to go back and talk about a point Scott made. Scott is one hundred percent right when it comes to Michael Boatman. Michael Boatman plays against stereotype. Oh wait, for the first four seasons. And then he moves in with Stuart, and it's literally just one gay joke after another, playing the same thing over and over again. That's right, Chris. It got annoying. And it's not even, it had nothing to do with Charlie Sheen, although we're talking about leads with problems, and we're not going to talk about Charlie Sheen. Whoa. Um, Fresh Prince gives me, in my opinion, one of the biggest gut punches. And I, I love situational comedies. I love sitcoms. But I want there to be some some, some sort of emotional heft some sort of emotional like piece to it. And there's an episode of Fresh Prince. It's the episode where his father comes back to town. And the end of the episode, his father is a long-haul trucker, and he's supposed to take Will on a countrywide tour with him. He's supposed to take him across the country. And his father just up and leaves and leaves Uncle Phil to tell Will that it's not going to happen. And the end of the episode ends with Will Smith looking at James Avery, the amazing James Avery, a person that when I get to heaven, I want to meet James Avery, not just because he's also the voice of freaking Shredder. 
but he just kind of wilts out through tears. Why doesn't he want me, man? And that is everything you need to know about that show. Take all the ancillary characters out of that show. That show is Will Smith and James Avery giving season after season a tour de force. Yes, it's funny. It's 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 witty. It's different. Sometimes it's even yeah, the jokes play over and over again. I get that. But that show, the heart of that show is those two characters and how they come to terms with each other and grow to love each other in a father-son manner. I'm taking Fresh Prince over the last two seasons of Spin City because the last two seasons of that show, for me, ruined it. And I love Alan. I'm sorry, Nikki. I love Alan Ruck. I do love Alan Ruck, even if I don't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Tim, back to you. I'm learning way more about Chris than I want to know, and I have to question our friendship. Um, anyway, Fresh Prince picks oh, up we're its friends. F- <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, Fresh Prince wins this one Ferris four Bueller to one. one. Uh, we're moving on to what is uh, my my personal favorite. Uh, we've got Full House taking on Living Single, and for this one, we are starting with Brian. All right. I'm kind of questioning how this could be your favorite in this whole bracket because I, I grew up in a very specific I... era. All right. <laughs> I I will take your word for that because, dude, I, I don't have much to care about here. Um, I've never, I never saw a single episode of Living Single, and I saw way too much Full House. And I, all I have to say is, living single, we're talking about Queen Latifah and Tootie from Facts of Life. And that's good enough for me, man. I, I will vote for, for something sight unseen over Full House. Ooh. Living single t- picks up its first vote. Scott, what do you have to say about that? Well, I'm going to come from probably a very different perspective of everybody else and the fact that I have the opposite uh, experience and the fact that I have never seen an entire episode of Full House in my life. (laughs) I have no idea how I missed this juggernaut. I have no clue. But over the weekend, knowing we were doing this, I I caught a few episodes. And as a casual observer, and and these episodes were in season five. So these episodes were episodes that, you know, that were established characters and all that kind of stuff. And I have to ask legitimately, was this a show about three gay guys who moved to San Francisco with their adoptive (laughs) daughters? I mean, I... From the theme song to them driving in his classic car with the entire family across the Golden Gate Bridge to the most beautiful, expensive San Francisco row houses that ever existed. Um, and then he's uh, the, the episode I saw. The, uh, and then, of course, you have the uh, John Stamos, probably, and this is my, pers- no one else may share this, probably the most handsome man who's ever been on network television uh, is one of the three people. Um, I just thought, is where where if it were written now it would have to be three gay guys with their adoptive daughters to make a hit so uh i just i just didn't understand the premise <laughs> i guess it was like i don't get it so anyway um and and what i did see of it i i, I have to say i didn't laugh very much it was just i, I don't know was, and i had no idea how, that the ashley and mary 
Kate Olsen, I always thought that they played twins. I didn't realize that they were playing the same character. I, I had no idea. And then, <laughs> so you all have to fully explain to me how by doing that, which, which as we know, there were many other child actors that they had do that. The Tabithas, the, all, all the things over there. How did these become billionaires? <laughs> how did that happen? I have no earthly clue how they went from playing this five-year-old child to being billionaires other than that they were pretty when they got older. So anyway, um, so all that being said, um, Living Signal is, is I mean, Queen Latifah is Queen Latifah, but um, I didn't watch much of that either. So I have no real horse in the game here. I'm literally going to flip a coin. I'm going to drink some Imperial Stout. And say full house. Scott, next time I'm in Connecticut, I'm buying you and your husband a drink. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I think Bob Saget made that same joke, though, about full house. It was like, yes, he sure did. Yes. Yeah, it was oh, like, you know, uh, it's about three gay guys, right? <laughs> right, right. And, you know, and and that, that may be in my consciousness because I and I love Bob Saget. And when he died, I was really quite, it took me by totally by surprise as it did everybody. Uh, and so that, for that too, for, for him being funny, he was actually in the episode I saw, he was the funniest thing on it, uh, you know, and, and they, you know, was able to to do that. So. Anyway, no, so I'll stick by Full House. My my favorite thing is that Full House gave us wholesome father of three Danny Tanner, and he p- was played by dirty-ass old man fucking Bob Sackett. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. That's right. He so fought that image, didn't he? My, uh, you my, know, in his, in his stand-up and in his roasts. And, yeah. My generation had a rude w- awakening when we grew up on Full yeah. House, and then we saw our first ever Bob Saget stand-up special. Sure. But yeah. Full House I'm picks up its first vote. We have a one-to-one tie as we head to Stephen to break it. Stephen, what do we got? This is kind of a weird one. Um, you might have told that one of the metrics I'm using to rate these shows is rewatchability. How much can I go back and still enjoy them? And Full House is very strange because I go back and it is completely unfunny. I, I don't know what we ever, I don't know how anyone ever laughed at it. I don't know how they got the canned laughter to play without breaking the machine. It is so vapidly unfunny. That being said, there is just sort of this earnest, stupid, naive genuineness about those scripts that are so basic and so simple and goddamn wholesome that you can still watch Full House. Like, I get why people like throw that on Netflix and watch it. I I get why Fuller House was made now. Um, Did I really enjoy it? You know, it, it. it passed a half an hour of time, well, 24 minutes or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something I, I feel like I, I'm not super into Full House, but there is a mystery about how it works that I still want to unravel. So if I had to sit down and watch these shows, I think I would be more entertained by watching Full House because at least... I would be engaging with it on a more stimulating level because I frankly, I, I don't get anything else out of, I, I mean, I, I'm not a big Queen Latifah fan or any, anything like that. I'm, I'm sorry that, 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 that show's not for me. So it's living single or full house. I'm going to watch full house. Full house gets my vote. Full house has living single against the ropes. Chris, 
will we have the deal, the decisive blow? When you're good to mama, mama's <laughs> good to you. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, Queen Latifah in Chicago is like it's pitch heaven. perfect casting. She's phenomenal in it's Chicago. I, I agree with the Chris 100. It's she's phenomenal. It's that musical by itself, in and of itself. Uh, John C. Riley as Mrs. Cellophane is awesome too. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Full House versus Living Single. I want to point out that I did see Bob Saget in concert or in whatever his stand up, and in the middle of the set, while he, everyone was laughing. He grabbed the bar stool, sort of humping it, and said, Kimmy Gibbler likes it like this. <laughs> Dirty old uncle, indeed. <laughs> Tim, you can get your head out of your hands. Yeah. That actually <laughs> Poor Tim. <sighs> uh, so I, I'm kind of on the same ilk as Steven. So you're, I'm going to just preface something real quick. So like in the mid-90s, I was like hitting puberty. So my TV watching when I was that age was very much focused on you know, girls my age. And so I was definitely a Stephanie Tanner fan. But even that wasn't enough to get me to watch Full House. Because when I was 12 years old, even I could watch that show and say, this isn't funny. Like, I actively looked forward to Family Matters after Full House. And you know my opinion <laughs> on Family Matters at this point. Um, I, I, I'm going to go the opposite way of Steven, though. If I'm going to sit down and watch one of these shows again, I don't remember jack crap about living single. I've seen it. I know it's about like like early 20s New Yorkers living in, in New York somewhere. Not They weren't in Manhattan, though. They were in like the Bronx or they weren't Staten Island either. So the Bronx, Queens, or Brooklyn, they were one of the boroughs. Um, I'm going to go back and watch that. And if nothing else, it gave us Queen Latifah in an acting role, which led to... Uh, yeah, it led to Barbershop 3, but it also led to Big Mama from Chicago. And I, I love that role. I love that. I'm, I'm pure. I'm in. I'm living single. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have our first two to two tie. And you know what that means. We have the buzzer beaters. So if anybody wants to uh, weigh in for 30 seconds to try to sway Nikki between Full House and Living Single, let's hear it. All right, Nikki, go ahead. <laughs> Living single, I mean, it's a fun show. Um, I mean, it was it was all about kind of living in New York in the 90s. I didn't watch it as much, I feel like, um, at that age. But going back and rewatching it, I, en- I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I think Queen Latifah just, I think that is one of the, I mean, she's just super funny. And, and her character in that show, I felt, was very witty um, and very smart. It was a very well-written character. Um, but, I don't know. I grew up with the Tanners. I just did. Like, they were in my house, TGIF, on Friday. Just is what it is. And then you wonder why Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are billionaires. Like they have a their birthday is a month before mine. Do you want to know how I know this? Because I was in their fucking fan club. Like I literally got a box <laughs> in my mailbox every month with like fan stickers. And I had Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen all over my walls. And I bought all their detective videos, solve any crime before That's dinner time. That's how they became billionaires. And they had CDs and t-shirts. Oh my God, I bought all that shit. So like Full House, I just, I have to. I mean, it was, it was, we watched it every Friday. I watched it. I watched the last episode. I remember like telling my friends, we got to watch the last episode of Full House. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was fun. Does it hold up? Ah, you know, it's a little, the jokes are old. And honestly, the whole 
premise of the show like it was originally a whole different premises it was supposed to be like three comedians in this house and it totally changed you know based on what network expectations were and stuff like that but it was a good show it was funny and i grew up with it so full house and full house moves on with a three to two win over living single let's continue on with what i anticipate is going to be the hardest matchup of the night uh we've got the number four seed of home improvement taking on the number 13 seed of the wonder years and we are starting this one off with scott uh before i get into this i uh chris i i need your two-word opinion uh do you do you watch the equalizer with latifah with cleaning latifah two-word answer Um, yeah well or eight whatever you want to say Do 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 you watch it no no, you don't. It's it's actually it, the second season's gotten better. It's actually entertaining. Anyway, so um, on to these. Um, you know, I, 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 because of my generation, the Wonder Years spoke to me really well because what they were recalling was in the '90s, recalling the time when I was a child, which was in the early '70s and '60s, and so it, it really hit right in. I could identify with all those characters. Like, you know, he has a nerdy friend on the bike, and then the in the road. That was like my life, <laughs> you know, growing up. So, uh, you know, uh, my my parents watching the Olympics, and uh, uh, there's a wonderful. Uh, it was one of the first commercials for it uh, that really showed how it was going to blend comedy with kind of not comedy and it was uh that the father was watching the olympics and uh, that uh, the narration was that he was going down that hill with jean-claude keely every fiber of his being uh, urging him on down the hill to win and so you know there 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 was a sense of that generation of of how we were connected to tv and how it was bringing us all in a a global world where it hadn't before and all that so to me that's wonder years uh doing that plus it's also a sweet thing where it's about friendship and it's about someone who loves this girl who he's you know doesn't think he ever has a chance with and that's always universal um good child actors they they hit it lucky they really did with with all of them they really did um in the casting department there uh, as well as the parents who were brilliant actors as well and so um i just Wonder Years just really spoke to me big time. Whereas I know there are many Tim Allen fans in the universe. I am not one of them. So uh, I, 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 I never could really get into a uh, home improvement. Um, and so my full hearted vote is for the Wonder Years. The Wonder Years picking up its first vote. Let's hear from Steven. Yeah, this is legitimately a tough one because Home Improvement and the Wonder Years are about as different as you can get and still stay in the sitcom genre. They're both clearly sitcoms. I don't think anybody disputes that. But one is I make funny noises. I try to get as many jokes per minute. Uh, you know, Home Improvement has a moral to each episode, but it's it's not really about the moral. It's about watching Tim fail uh, in a hilarious way, he learns his lesson, and then we tell one more joke at the end of it as a button. Uh, the Wonder Years doesn't care as much about formula. It doesn't care at all about jokes per minute. It'll go long stretches without even trying to be funny because it cares much more about its characters. 
Um, so if you're looking for a laugh, obviously home improvements, the funnier show, but the show that sticks with you, that, that makes you think and reflect about it, um, that it does have its legitimately funny moments. Don't get me wrong, but the wonder years is a, it manages to capture that time in your life growing up so perfectly and reflect it so well. Even if you're like me, you're not, you know, anywhere attached to the time frame it actually takes place in. It's still so, so describes that transition point in your life when you're going from kid to adult and the parts of it that are funny and the parts of it that are tragic and the parts of it that you wish you could have back and the parts of it that you wish you never had to begin with. Uh, the Wonder Years is an amazing show and it deserves so much praise. The Wonder Years gets my vote. And the Wonder Years on the verge of an ups, a 13 to 4 upset as we head over to hear from Chris. So the Wonder Years doesn't really seem to fit on this bracket. Uh, one is that it, it barely, barely made the cut of the bracket because it was, I think, let me look it up again real quick. I had it just up here. Six seasons long, and it didn't start in the 90s until midway through season three. So it barely scraped into the 90s bracket using the methodology we used. Um, I will say subconsciously, now I know why I was bad at math. Um, as you know, I was a 13-year-old kid in the 90s or 10-year-old, 10, 13-year-old kid in that time of the 90s, and... Uh, Dinica McKellar is very attractive and now has a math text. Uh, now is a math tutor. Um, that's why I was bad at math. So, mom, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, but seriously, the Wonder Years has an episode that just always, always, always stood out to me, and it's the episode. And it has nothing to do with with the main characters at all. It has to do with the older brother who's a dick throughout the entire season, the entire series. But it's the the episode where the older brother's best friend comes back from Vietnam. And is tormented, torn apart. And the end of the episode, he comes out and he's he's in full regalia when he comes back. And I think they went, if I remember, they went to like a high school football game. And you just cut to the end of the episode and he has stuff thrown all over him. He has been abused in his own country and he is just sitting there. And the older brother who's been a dick for the entire run of this series walks over to his friend, sympathizes with him and gives him a hug. And like that's it, there's a lot of heart in that, and now I'm going to contradict all that and say I watched Home Improvement every time it was on. Like my mom loved Home Improvement. There's not a whole lot to it. It's a simple com. It's a simple sitcom, straightforward. Tim's going to learn his lesson, and I hate the I hate the meathead, uh, dumb father uh, motif that had, seemed to happen in the '90s. But my mom loved Home Improvement. I watched that show with my mom, and my mom has since passed. But I have nothing but good memories of watching Home Improvement with my mom. Home Improvement means a lot more to me personally. Home Improvement gets my vote. And Home Improvement staying alive as we head over to Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I struggled with this one too. And again, I honestly, when I looked at the bracket, I was like, Wonder Years, that was the 90s? Like, I I still in my mind thought it was an 80s show. Um, But it, it did. Uh, go through 93 and I think also part of it too being that it was set in like 68 like I just got a little bit conjumbled with what the time frame was of the actual show now this is the 90s sitcom bracket now should we take the 90s part as seriously like I've been talking about a lot of shows based on how like they were kind of a 90s 
icon. Like Wonder Years is iconic. Um, it's, I mean, Winnie Cooper, I mean, everybody, everybody knows Wonder Years. Um, and it's a fantastic show. It's an iconic show. Um, but I, it, you know, watching it too, like, I, I think I, I felt better about some of the other shows because I grew up watching them and identifying them. I guess I didn't identify with the Wonder Years as much because of my age. But I mean, I thought it was a great show. But I don't know. I, unpopular opinion, but I preferred watching Boy Meets World. <laughs> Like to the other savage, <laughs> uh-huh. the other savage. <laughs> but, Thank you. Um, I know it, it just I is what it is. My and, vote for you, Tim. I know. <laughs> I did. I just. I. You know. I. You know. It is unpopular opinion, and everybody's gonna be like, "Whatever, Nikki. You don't know what you're talking about." And it's fine. I get it. It's fine. But Ben Savage all the way. Um, but <laughs> Home Improvement. I loved Home Improvement. I mean, it, it definitely. I mean, the same things over and over again but i mean mr wilson come on i loved it you know and al and on the tv show i loved it it was a fun show um i enjoyed watching it i love tim allen so it again it, it that was one of those shows i watched with my family like we watched it when it was on so I, it is a memory thing so i'm kind of with chris i'm going with a nostalgia vote for this one i'm going with home improvement and ironically, Fred Savage was the worst character on Boy Meets World. <laughs> right? <laughs> I still remember that episode. That was, oof. He anyway. was terrible. Like, why did they even he, invite him on? <laughs> I mean, anyway. He knew someone. <laughs> <laughs> we have a two-to-two tie between Home Improvement and The Wonder Years. Brian is up next, but as always, a two-to-two tie means we have a opportunity for a buzzer beater does anybody want to lodge their buzzer beater here oh let me see if you guys can possibly mess anything else up there's too many picks left i'm not going to use mine i'm good all right brian how are we uh deciding this matchup okay so i know what my where i'm leaning I could have been swayed if somebody wanted to use a buzzer beater. Buzzer beater. Um, so I'm old enough that the Wonder Years was not really uh, the, the whole coming of age thing. When that came out, I actually, when when the Wonder Years was on, I was active duty army and didn't have access to TV, to regular to regular TV. So I didn't, I, I never saw a single episode. Um, however, Fred Savage is absolutely brilliant and was one of the stars of one of my, arguably my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> um, that, of course, being The Princess Bride. But, I thought it was going to be Austin Powers. Um, I, I was going. I thought I was totally going to Austin Powers there. <laughs> molly, 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 molly. Um, however, then you have Tim Allen, who starred in the best Star Trek movie they ever made, Galaxy Quest. So <laughs> you can send your hate mail to uh, uselesstriviaman at gmail dot com. Uh, <laughs> okay, that said. Um. I, I'm aware that a lot of people loved the Wonder Years, and honestly, I'm 
I'm not that big a Tim Allen fan. I, I've liked some of the stuff he's done, but most of the stuff that he's done that I liked was in spite of him rather than because of Tim Allen. Um, Al Borland and Wilson were both brilliant characters. Awesome supporting cast on, on Home Improvement. And pretty much, I if I had seen Wonder Years, it, it might go the other way. But I unfortunately, I, I got to give it to Home Improvement. And Home Improvement moves on to set up another fun matchup in the second round. But we are moving on with the number six seed of Seinfeld taking on the number 11 seed of the Steve Harvey show. We're back to the top of the order with Steven. Steven, kick it off. Oh, it's, this is so fucking easy. It's, it's fucking Seinfeld. Seinfeld is an amazing, amazing show. Seinfeld <laughs> is ultimately the gem of why sitcoms are the way they are today. Because Seinfeld told us that we didn't have to do crazy characters. What we had to do was look at situations that were simple, that were just something that we do every day, and ask ourselves, why the hell are we doing this? Let's look at the minutiae. Let's take that, hey, did you notice this 90s comedy, and turn it into a sitcom format. And that's how we eventually get to the one-camera shows like Arrested Development and and Parks and Rec and all the great comedy ultimately stems from that flashpoint that is Seinfeld. The, the acting is so strong, except for Jerry in the first two seasons. The, the scripts are so well written, so tightly woven together. It, there's a reason why I could spend at easily three and a half weeks with nothing but Seinfeld quotes and not run out of quotes, not having to repeat one of them. There is just so much gold in how well that show is written. It stands the test of time, and it always will. No matter how old it gets, it's it's just timeless in its comedy. And if any of you, any of you, vote against Seinfeld, the jerk star called, they're running out of you. A very passionate uh, vote for Seinfeld from Stephen. And next I want to know, what's the deal with Chris? <laughs> brilliant (laughs) who was that supposed to be though (laughs) i have nothing seinfeld nothing else to say move on like this is not even close come on and the second vote for seinfeld nikki what do you got i mean honestly i'm just really impressed that the fact that steve harvey was able to play like a former r&b rapper and get away with it like, I don't know, because I don't I just don't see him being like an R&B rapper. I love him on Family Feud, though. Like he is. All, I mean, he is the Family Feud. Like I will watch a million episodes of the Family Feud. Love it. But yeah, this is Seinfeld. Sorry. This is Seinfeld with its third vote. But we still want to hear what Brian's got to say. I feel bad for Steve Harvey because Steve Harvey is the emissary from Emperor Xerxes standing there when Seinfeld kicks him in the chest and says, this is Seinfeld! (laughs) It's an easy pick. Moving on. Did we just get a Xerxes reference on this show? (laughs) 
We are yes, nothing we if faux You're intelligent. Uh, <laughs> but but Seinfeld is on its way to a sweep. But what does Scott have to say? Well, you know, I I deeply remember the Steve Harvey show where the joke was about Beefarino and a horse. And I, I so remember the Steve Harvey show with a contest. And, oh, wait, no, that wasn't Steve Harvey at all. That was <laughs> Seinfeld. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, really quickly, I, I just rewatched three of these shows just randomly, even before I knew this was even happening. Um, and it was Seinfeld. I almost watched, I think I watched almost every episode just fairly recently. Um, Frasier and Friends. And and Seinfeld, I... I you know, peeing the pants laugh. It was still funny. Uh, you know, obviously with all these shows, there's some things that don't hold up as well as what, but I don't see it through that eye and that prism. Um, I remembered it when it was on, loved it when it was on, loved it now, will love it forever. So Seinfeld's a sweep for me. And Seinfeld is a sweep. Oh, and I and- must say the funniest thing about Steve Harvey is the Saturday Night Live impression of him doing Family Feud. We are moving on to a matchup of a couple of iconic leading ladies. We've got the number three seed of Roseanne against the number 14 seed of Ellen. And this round, we are kicking it off in Florida with Chris. I have a fundamental problem here in that I personally don't find either of these shows funny. Uh, I am not a Roseanne fan. Uh, and it has not, I, John Goodman's one of my all-time favorite actors. He's actually great in it. I have never found Roseanne Barr funny. Not once. With that being said, for all the the groundbreaking that the show Ellen did, to me, that show has always been borderline unwatchable. It was not a funny show. Uh, I personally don't find Ellen DeGeneres all that funny. Uh, I 100% understand the backlash behind her TV show. Um, I can see other people do weird dances. Uh, In this case, I, you know... uh, Roseanne's got the the longer list, but Ellen is at least more culturally relevant and was more progressive. So for that reason, I'm going Ellen, and I think I'm in the minority here. But I don't personally don't care about either one of these shows. You could have used a buzzer beater, and it would have worked on me for my pick number one. Ellen does pick up the first vote, and now we head to Nikki. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Chris a little bit. I mean, I feel like the problem is these are two comedians who were, I don't know, I just don't know if it translated as much, especially Ellen. Like, I just don't see her as an actress. She's just kind of a comedian. She's a good talk show host. Um, but the show just, I don't think it translated. Like, the characters just weren't, weren't all there for me. Um, and then with, with Roseanne, it's kind of the nanny effect, you know, like if you don't like Fran Dresser, you're not going to like the nanny. If you don't like Roseanne, you're not going to like Roseanne. They're, I mean, it, you're either going to love them or hate them kind of thing. They're, they're both funny in their own ways, but they're also just, I, Roseanne's just not my cup of tea and it's not, I don't care what, you know, she talks about and all this. I don't, I don't care about cancel culture. I know that like, you know, her, she was, you know, dismissed off the show and then the show went on. I don't know about all that, but to me, she just was never that funny. Um, but it did have a better supporting cast. Um, and I do think it's more of the memorable show. I mean, I don't think as many people remember Ellen outside of the fact, like when she came out on the show, I just don't know if it was extremely popular 
I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this. I just don't remember watching it that much or or hearing people watching it. But I know a lot of people who love Roseanne and watch it all the time. And the fact that they were able to bring it back um, shows that it had quite a wide fan base. So I think based on that, I'm going to give my vote to Roseanne. And we have a one-to-one tie between Roseanne and Ellen. Brian, you're up next. Okay. Um, So I kind of echoing what's already been said. Um, Both of these leading ladies had iconic shows. Well, okay. Roseanne had an iconic sitcom. Ellen had an iconic talk show. Um, Ellen's sitcom was... The one thing you can say about Ellen's sitcom was that she came out. Uh, it was not funny. Um, I'm only, I'm, I'm not a Roseanne fan. I watched her stand up and it was, our, it was decent. Um, Roseanne was a little close to home for me in, in that, that, that I, I have family members who would fit into her family. Um, but I love, love, love John Goodman. And the rest of Roseanne's supporting cast is pretty damn good, too. What's really the most memorable stuff from Roseanne for me was the Halloween episodes where they went and just went completely over the top with the elaborate uh, Halloween costumes. And they were incredible. Every every season, every time they did the Halloween stuff, it was great. Um, so by only a little bit, I'm going to give it to Roseanne. And Roseanne jumps out to a two-to-one lead. Scott, what you got? Yeah, uh, like Nikki said, I'm echoing people too. And um, I actually, I, I like Ellen's stand-up, actually. I think it's, it, to me, it hits my humor. And I, I also, you know, Roseanne can be funny. I, I don't think, you know, in the day, I thought she was funny too. Um, I, uh, But I, I totally agree that Ellen's show in the first seasons before it was where she was going to come out, it never had a footing. It, 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 she was a bookstore owner and that was like the end of her character synopsis. <laughs> like you didn't, she was a neurotic bookstore owner. Let's, let's write jokes about that. And, um, you know, she had a supporting cast, which was fine. It was Jeremy Piven, I believe. And Jolie Richardson, wasn't she on it? I mean, there were all these people who were on it. Um, but I, you would watch episode after episode and believe me, you probably couldn't distinguish one from the other necessarily, you know? Um, and then obviously, you know, when she came out, it was a big deal. It was wonderful. It was well-written. And, but as Ellen will explain uh, in many times that episode aired and was highly rated. And then that entire season tanked because people would write comments that they're talking too much about the gay stuff now. And it, the, the, that's why the show was finally canceled. And then she, in her own thing, she didn't work for three years before she got her, her talk show. So it was, that was kind of a weird thing for her. Um, so, you know, but um Roseanne, I, I agree with uh, uh, Brian. You know, you, those those Halloween episodes, I still remember them and laughing at them and how funny they were. Uh, but let's also not forget, you know, not only John Goodman, but Laurie Metcalf. Holy Madanas, man. Laurie Metcalf is worth the price of gold. Now she is, if you ever have a chance, if you're anywhere near New York and she's on a Broadway play and you see it on a marquee, go. 
go to see her uh, live because Lori Metcalf is brilliant. Um, and she was on that show and she, she held it and they, they did a wise thing. It's like what Jack Benny used to do. He knew he wasn't the greatest actor. So you surround yourself with all these wonderful people. And that's what you remember. You remember how good John Goodman was and how good Lori Metcalf was. And they lucked out with Sarah Gilbert. Uh, I mean, totally lucked out casting this child who was amazing. Uh, and Johnny Galecki, you know, who, who's now, you know, the big star of big bang and everything. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm, uh, you know, you might think I'd go with Ellen and, and it's certainly, but I, I, I watched every episode, never really found it particularly funny until she did the coming out episode. Um, and then, so that's all I got to say about Ellen. And so I'm going to go with uh, Roseanne. And Roseanne gets the third vote. It needs to move on, but we still want to hear from Steven. Steven, let's, let's close this one up. Uh, so here's the thing you need to know. Um, John F. Kennedy was a really shitty president. And then he got shot. And since the only thing we ever talk about about him is the fact that he got shot, we consider him a very good president now. The Ellen Show is a really, really shitty show. And then she came out as gay in a time where that was a very brave thing for her to do. And the only reason we talk about her show now is because she came out for gay. But that doesn't erase the fact that John Fitzgerald Kennedy was a really shitty president and the Ellen show was a really shitty show. Um, At the end of the day, Roseanne is a really good show. Yeah, Roseanne's the weak part of it. But as the rest of my panelists have said, she was surrounded by such great, great supporting cast. And Frankly, Roseanne speaks to me in a way that not a lot of shows do, that it's like, you know, that family that they're not super poor. They're not goddamn good times or anything or, uh, you know, they're 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 lower middle class. They're getting by paycheck to paycheck. And that's something that's not represented a lot. And you feel for the Connors when they get their fortunes up, when they can open up a diner and when other when when they have to close businesses too it's it's a real roller coaster ride you get emotionally involved with the characters and you get about three good laughs an episode and i'll take that any day roseanne gets my vote all right we are moving on we have two more matchups in this episode we are moving on to step the seventh seed of step by step versus the 10 seed of third rock from the sun and kicking us off this round, we have Nikki. I just remember the song. It was like step by step, day by day. Right? It was I like was that in the was that in the theme song bracket? I don't. I couldn't remember if it was in the bracket. I hope not. I, I was. I still sing that in the shower. I think it step was. I think it was. Step. It was so good. I loved. I, I think loved you just the sang it song. better than it was done on national television. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I rocked it, you guys. But I, that's actually the only part I remember is step by step day by day and that's like about all i remember um it was a cute show it was like a modern day brady bunch s thing with uh donna summers and they you know had all these kids and there was all you know i mean it was funny i liked the 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 relationship um and, you know but you know and then third rock from the sun I, I i liked the concept i thought it was very clever the aliens and um you know i loved how they all had you know their human bodies were different from like their personalities i, I just thought it was hilarious um and john lithgow he's amazing so i think i'm gonna go with third rock on this one i think it was just a little bit more original um like i said i think step by step was fine but i don't remember 
that much about it besides the basic plot point. So I have to go with Third Rock from the Sun. Third Rock from the Sun jumps out to a one nothing lead. Let's hear from Brian. So step by step, um, the only thing I know about step by step, aside from the, the two main actors, Suzanne Summers and Patrick fucking Duffy, <laughs> uh, the one thing that made me laugh on that show was that they had a couple of kids on that show that were live action Beavis and Butthead. They talked like them. They wore the Metallica and the ACDC t-shirts, and they were two weirdos that were trying to date their daughters. That's the only thing I remember about that show that made me laugh. Third Rock from the Sun, however, I mean, John Lithgow won repeated Emmys for for his role. Um, This show gave us Joseph Gordon-Levitt. French Stewart, Kristen Johnston, uh, Wayne uh, uh, Wayne Knight. Newman was in that one too. Um, and it was consistently brilliant writing, absolutely gut-busting funny. Uh, this was my easiest pick in the entire bracket. Third Rock all the way. And third rock from the sun is on the verge of a 10-7 upset. What say you, Scott? Third rock from the sun. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh, I have nothing to say about step by step, but I never watched it. Uh, uh, yeah, third rock from the sun was consistently funny to me. John Lithgow, Jane Curtin. Can't forget Jane Curtin. Uh, a former SNL Lum, who I love from the moment I saw her in 1975 and live. So um, Third Rock from the Sun gets my vote. And that's enough to move Third Rock from the Sun on, but we still want to hear from Steven. Yeah, Third Rock from the Sun easily beats White Family Matters. Move it along. <laughs> Short, sweet, and to the point. Chris, do we have a sweep? I feel like at this point I have a brand to uphold, and that is going through all of these 90 sitcoms and naming off my celebrity crushes. So for, for taking, <laughs> making a list here, uh, Christine Lakin, the tomboy from Step by Step. Oh. Yes. Yes. You would have thought it would have been the prim and proper one. No, Christine Lakin, the tomboy. That 100%. Uh, that's literally the only thing I remember about Step by Step. What I remember about Third Rock from the Sun could encompass a small country's national archive. <laughs> We're not going to go there, although I will say, I believe French Stewart, if I'm not mistaken, was in the much maligned, deservedly so sequel to Inspector Gadget. Yes. Um, still can't believe it doesn't get more work. French Stewart is actually really funny, but no, come on. Third Rock from the Sun's damn near comedic gold. Third Rock from the Sun. Personally, my uh, connection to French Stewart is uh, Stargate. Uh, oh, sure. Yes. But we are moving on to our final matchup to see what third rock from the sun will take on. We have the number two seed of Murphy Brown. We have the number 15 seed hanging with Mr. Cooper. And we have Brian kicking us off. And I, I don't know how it, I, once again, it's I, of all of the stuff on here, uh, the ones that I get to lead off are the ones that I just don't really give a shit about. <laughs> um. <sighs> Murphy Brown was a little too, I don't want to say intellectual, because it, I mean, it, it had its moments, 
a little too political maybe for me at that time in my life where I just didn't give a shit about politics back then. Um, hanging with Mr. Cooper. I, I only barely remember that that was a show, but between the two, I, I'm going to hang with Mr. Cooper. I'm doing it. Hanging with Mr. Cooper picked up a reluctant first vote. Uh, (laughs) Scott, is it Murphy Brown or hanging with Mr. Cooper? Well, you know, uh, interested in politics or not? I mean, it, Murphy Brown was was kind of iconic in its day. You have a you have a woman who literally took on the vice president of the United States, <laughs> so a character, you know. And that was in my my day there. That was that was actually big news. That was big, pretty important. Uh, Candace Bergen. Uh, you know, I have to say, as much as I love her and just lovely woman and a very funny person on television, uh, I always felt like she hit her mark, stood there and said the lines. And and as, uh, more so than almost any other television lead actor that you can even imagine. And when they re- we brought the show back for like a season recently, she did the exact same thing. She like would walk, hit the mark and then say her line. It was just like, what? A, I guess that's how she does things. Um, but you know, um, you, Murphy Brown was funny in the sense that it also had, if people remember there was, she had a different secretary every week and it was, and sometimes it was like a celebrity. It was just like there. I think John F. Kennedy Jr. was her secretary one, one week, you know, and, and that was a running gag that actually was kind of funny and, and made the, the show kind of interesting. Um, again, she had a great supporting cast. There were nice people on there. Um, uh, uh, actually, uh, someone I know uh, here who lives in Connecticut, an actor named Scott Bryce, uh, played uh, Corky Sherwood Forrest's husband there, and uh, he's a really nice guy, and I've done stuff with him. Um, and so uh, uh, that's a, a, just a nice little connection to it. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's a, it was a great show. It really was. It won a million primetime Emmy Awards for her and for the show. And so I stick with Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown evens the score at one apiece. We are excited to hear from Steven. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of either one of these shows, but I was aware that the uh, there was a gimmick where Murphy Brown had a different secretary every week because there's an episode of Seinfeld in which Kramer becomes her secretary one of the weeks. And that was a very, very funny scene. And since... Oh, that's, that's the right. only scene <laughs> related to either two of these shows that ever made me laugh... Murphy Brown gets my vote. Murphy Brown picks up its second vote. Chris, what do you have here? So uh, Scott's right. Like her, her performance in that show is very, very cardboard, very wooden, very stiff. Uh, it does seem like she's kind of walking out to her marks and hitting her spots. She delivers her lines, though. Sporting right. cast she could phenomenal. deliver a joke, though. Yeah, she could. No, no, no. She could. She could. She actually had really good comedic timing. And the political aspect of it, to me and to a lot of people, I think added just a little bit of a unique flair to the show that wasn't present in a lot of 90s sitcoms. Uh, It wasn't afraid to take a stance. So I'm giving mine to Murphy Brown here, and I really don't care. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it fares in the next next pick, though. Go ahead. Back to you, Tim. All right. Well, Murphy Brown picks up that decisive third vote, but we still got to hear from Nikki. Yeah, I mean... uh... Hanging with Mr. Cooper, I don't remember much outside of like, I think Raven Simone was on it and it was about basketball. So that's cool because I love basketball. Um, Murphy Brown uh, caused a big stir. She had a baby out of wedlock, scandalous. Um, 
yeah, I think it's more iconic. So I'm going to go with uh, Murphy Brown. So did Rachel, but no one made a stir about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. And, and Murphy Brown picks up the four to one victory. And ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the first round of the 90s sitcom bracket. To recap, we have uh, in the second round, the Sweet 16, Frazier will take on the nanny. Coach will take on Grace Under Fire. Mad About You takes on the Drew Carey Show. Wings versus Friends. And tonight we decided Married with Children will take on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Full House facing off against Home Improvement. Seinfeld versus Roseanne. And Third Rock from the Sun versus Murphy Brown. Before we go... Just a reminder to follow us on all social media at Boozy Bracketology on Instagram. We're at Boozy Brackets on Twitter. Join our Facebook group, The Lounge, fans of the pub trivia experience and Boozy Bracketology. You can support us at our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B. That's P-T-E-B-B. Any support you give goes right back to making this a great experience for all. If you can't, we understand times are tough, but we appreciate every dollar you give in support. And finally, get in on the discussion in our new Discord channel. Head to ptebb.com slash Discord and get in on all the fun, chatty goodness. Uh, for the Boozy Bracketology, I've been Tim. Uh, Steven actually had to sign off early, but I've been Chris. Nikki? I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. We'll see you next time for our Sweet 16. Have a good night.